From DS Media Studios in Tema, Ghana, this is Two Peswas. Two Peswas is a weekly podcast where we cover a range of topics, from buzzing media headlines to music to highlights from the week. Each episode is co-hosted by myself, Peaches, and Eddie. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 42 of the Two Pesos podcast. You already know what it is. (laughs) How's everyone doing this week? I hope you're good. I hope your family is well. I hope it's been a pleasant week so far. Minimal annoyances. I know. It's it's always something, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And And, uh, yeah, without further ado, you want to take it or should I? Let's do it. I'll do it. Okay. Okay. So, hmm, here we go already. Like, I'm saying the thing, I'm annoyed. (laughs) So, quite recently, Kano State in Nigeria announced the ban of mannequins. Yes. Now, this directive was issued by the HISPA Board of Kano, and I'll explain what the HISPA Board is shortly. Um, that use of all mannequins are prohibited in all cases. So whether you're a boutique owner, a tailor, seamstress, what have you. Um, and the reason behind the ban was that mannequins promote immoral thoughts and uh, are tantamount to idolatry and thus go against Sharia law, which is the government governing law in Kano State at the moment because it's a Muslim majority state in Nigeria. So what is HISPA? Now, HISPA is a... They're quite literally the morality police. Like that is a term we use sarcastically, but apparently it's a real body and they're, you know, very active. Hispa means accountability in, in Arabic and it is an Islamic doctrine referring to upholding community morals, um, maintaining public law and order, and also supervising market transactions. Now, I know some people are sensitive about, um, I guess, members that that are not of a particular religion commenting on issues and um, that pertain to another Mm -hmm. religion. Um, I just want to say right here that I'm definitely not Islamophobic. I Mm. grew up, well, part of my life in Saudi Arabia, and Mm. that has given me a deep love and appreciation for our culture, Mm. our religion, and so on and so forth. But... (laughs) If the thorn is not making stars, I will say it. One time. So don't come and issue a fatwa on me or whatever mm. it is. Um, and actually, I would like for the more moderate Muslim listeners, we have moderate now, mm. the extremists, whatever you say, mm. you're not going to, but if you're a moderate Muslim and you can provide some input on this, I would yeah, actually really like to hear yeah. um, from you um, based on what I'm about to say next, even if it doesn't agree or you can shed further light on it and so on and so forth. Okay, so basically the HISPA board have announced the ban of mannequins and they plan to take this very serious. They said they'll be policing all five zones in the market zones or whatever in Canada to make sure that this directive is being upheld and respected and then any persons found to be in violation will be prosecuted. They also said they plan to run a sensitization campaign for the people. Um, I mean, listen, it's, really, it's what, is, very what, what, what is this? I mean, look, odd. just <laughs> everywhere we go. And again, this is not even specific to Islam. You know, almost any sort of extreme ultra conservative elements exist in any society, mm. any religion. That could be Christianity, Islam, um, Western philosophy, um, 
Eastern philosophy tend to be more flexible because it's more like a lifestyle, not necessarily. But still, everywhere you go, there's somebody trying to be extreme about everything. And it always comes down to the same thing. thing. Yeah. Men People's not bodies. knowing how to act. And instead of focusing on, on the that, men. they choose to take it out on women, girls, and apparently now plastic. A mannequin <laughs> is made of plastic. If you're is saying it the that curve in the in the yes. boobies in the boobs that's making people think it's so bizarre. If it's you so are bizarre. aroused by a, a man- plastic mannequin, you have deeper issues. issues. And it has nothing to do with you being Muslim. I am sorry. And also, I haven't heard this anywhere else, and I've been to quite a few Muslim countries. Mm. So, seriously, what gives? First is like, cover your hair, because your hair is turning us on. Mm. Cover your body. Your body is turning us on. Uh, wrap your breasts or whatever. Tighten your breasts. Everything. Now, now you, you, it's mannequins. not now mannequins. Inanimate <sighs> objects. Inanimate objects. Uh, are a source of what sexual how how is this possible how does that make sense i'm sorry like are you openly admitting that you have some weird (laughs) now twitter will say don't kink shame so no kink shaming here but if you're attracted to sex dolls or whatever it's why why are you stressing yourself taylor out there are no eyes there there's no proper features no some of them are headless or it's just to display merchandise it is important to just bother everybody. How are people supposed to display their wares now? It's just really busy. It's we- I find it weird. It's, it's just it's, really it's weird. It's so bizarre. Now, in regards to idolatry, I know from what I remember of, of um, Islam that you cannot produce likenesses of... Um, that's why there's no imagery um, in Islam. Like, they wouldn't have the form of... Prophet Muhammad mm. or whatever, because it's blasphemous and it's supposed to be like you trying to create. Well, that is idolatry, mm. I guess. But does that really apply to a clothing mannequin? Like, can we talk about it? Like, if you, I need to understand this more because as it exists, I'm Why not getting it. Sudden? Why is it like all of a sudden? All of a sudden, they now realize that mannequins are. What? Where does this come from? Yes. What's the precedence for this? Because even in Saudi Arabia, they're mannequins. I don't understand, like, and that's the holy lad. Like, I, it seems a bit extreme. And again, when are we going to address the source of the issue? We can't, there's nothing left to ban. Like, what else is there now? Exactly. How long can you keep banning things? And then, and then what? Then what what? Are, what are we gonna say now? Fruit. Some certain fruits are banned because yeah, they're sexual. Yeah, yeah, what? You know? What's what's next? Like, let's. Seriously, God, come on, guys. Seriously, I mean, it's not you. Like, I'm talking like you guys are doing. But I mean, honestly, like in your every each one needs to teach one. Like, please shut any commentary down when you hear. Just be like, what? What's really like? Why is you? Yeah. Mm-hmm. What? What? What is, is the it? problem truly? What is the problem truly? I mean, in Christianity, I know it's in the Bible that if your was I offend you or whatever, pluck it out. If it the problem is you, why must everybody else be punished for it? Why? Anyway, it's just ridiculous. That's why in the news this week. It was just doing too much for me. It was just doing too much. Anyway, okay. Over yeah, to so you. over to me, and it doesn't it doesn't get any <laughs> any better. Uh, we're still in Africa, and this time we're in Tanzania. You know how we used to rant about the president, Ma- yes. Magufuli. He's now dead. They've got a new president, and she t- she's going to put her foot in her mouth. Oh dear. So in a recent news item. She made some very denigrating and absolutely ridiculous comments about the women, about women footballers. 
Now she was at a ceremony <laughs> celebrating a men's team which had won, and somehow found it necessary to comment about the flat chests of women footballers. She also went on to talk about how about their faces uh, and their desirability, or maybe, or rather, the lack, lack of, desir- of. of, of, of for, lack of desirability, lack of for marriage. And, uh, and she said, and I quote, they are making us proud as a nation, but if you look at their lives in the future, what life will they be living? <laughs> the life of marriage is like a dream to them. Because <laughs> even if one of you here takes the, the, one of them as your wife, she was talking to the men, your mother will ask you if, if they are a woman or a fellow man. No, no. How does a president of a nation, a woman at that, say something like that in the midst of men? I, re- I really am not sure what possessed her to make such a such a comment, but it's very, very disparaging. I don't find it, it's not okay. How are you still, at this point, you're, you're shaming the bodies of women. The thing that we talk, we, 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 we um, complain about that the men do, is mm-hmm. exactly what you're doing. Yes. And you're doing it in front of a crowd of men. What are you, what she are should, you So basically, tacitly endorsing and encouraging yeah. them to, listen, I don't know how many times we're going to have to say this. Women do not exist solely to be sexual objects and play things for men. Like, looking good for a man should not be the end all and be all of your existence. And I found that, like, you know, the demands on women to always look good, it is so preposterous. And you see it everywhere. Um, I mean, it's a foregone conclusion to even talk about the media at this point, because if you're an actress and you're not cute, if you're a singer, you're it's expected to be cute, even Mm -hmm. though Mm -hmm. it's your voice you're using, Mm -hmm. what has your face got to do with it? But it's, and you know, rappers, female rappers, you have to be sexy Mm -hmm. or you won't get anywhere. We make none of these expectations for the men. You can look like a foot and be a a successful male artist, uh, singer, uh, actor, everything. But the minute you're a woman, they're like, ah, but she's not cute. Why, why, why does she need to be cute? What does she need to be beautiful? And then now I see it extending into athletic sports. That's the most annoying thing of all. Somebody is doing the most amazing feats of human capability. And you're like, oh, but she, but she's not attractive. Why does she need to be attractive to run fast? Obviously, and, or play tennis. People yeah. keep coming for Serena Williams constantly. She's a tennis player for God's sake. Why does she need to look like a model? Why? Why is that a requirement? It's so offensive to me. It really is. And then she's like, and then it's like, do you, why do you need, do you need breasts? Do you need to have breasts to get married? And even if you are saying, oh, they look masculine or whatever, how, what has that got to do with anything? Have they told you they want to get Thank married? Thank you. Have they told you they wanted to get married to men? What is, what is the issue? Why it's, do you it's, feel it's, like it's, this was so necessary to say? It's really terrible. Imagine you have a football team, they're playing for your nation, and then the leader of that well. nation goes to say something like that. It's so disrespectful. And for a woman to be the one to say this is even more appalling because I'm sure there are lots of people sitting in Tanzania right now that have said women probably think a woman shouldn't is not capable of being president. Yeah. And I'm sure they told her that to her face. She'd take great offense to it. So why are you acting as though, you know, even though these people are athletes, successful, whatever it is, the fact of the matter is they don't look cute anymore due to the, doing the sports. Therefore, you're worried about them or you're wondering what their futures will be like. Who said female um, footballers don't marry? Where is there a, is there some sort of epidemic? 
It's Let not right. Talking. We already get trodden down so much, and then you have this added to that. It's not fair. It's not fair. If this had come from a uh, from a man, would have been ranting and raving that like, this is not mm-hmm. okay. Luckily, I, I think she was rightfully dragged on social media. But what she said was absolutely out of line. Absolutely out of line. As as they say, um, sexism. Listen, not sexism comes in many forms, and not all women support women. Mm, shockingly, it is what it the is. programming is strong as hell, and some women have dragged the Kool Aid and genuinely don't believe that they're equal to men in any shape, way, or form, and should be always one step behind and one rung below on the ladder. And it's so upset. Like, yes. Why did she find it so necessary? I don't understand. Why did you find it from necessary nowhere? To say that? Nowhere, because apparently this was not the top. Like you're talking about. Something else. Oh, you just bring them. You're worried about them. Leave them alone. Pay them well, and don't worry about it. They'll yeah. figure it out themselves. Somebody yeah, that's not her business anyway. Uh, if you wanted to get married, well, that's not your. That's not your business. There's a pot for every lid, after all. Like, Jeez. anyways. Yeah. So that's my in the news. Tanzania's leader going crazy. And please let us all be self-aware of the kind of things. Because again, some of us, you know, it, it is programming. It's it's messaging that you get from media from family from society so sometimes you don't even realize the perceptions you have Mm. but then you you have to be like hey wait a minute does this make any sense Sense, is this right have we have we ever said to male footballers because your legs are so big or whatever it is do you question i mean it does nobody would it wouldn't even be a thing so let's not let's stop talking about women's bodies i'm so tired of this it's 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 a shame it's a shame shouldn't have to happen. Hmm. Yeah, so that's basically my news. Right. Thank you for that. It's a good one. Okay, so I have three songs this week. And, you know, now I have to find little tricks and means to select my songs. Because there's so many songs that I'm like, <laughs> how do I pick? And so I come up with little sort of themes that I mm. pick my songs around. And this week, there these are songs that have an 80s vibe to me. So... The first one is called Waves of Blue, and it's by Majid Jordan. Now, I was very, very, very late to the Majid Jordan party. So late, in fact, that I didn't realize Majid Jordan is actually two different people. Um, (laughs) I've never even heard of this artist. You probably have, so I'll get to that in a second. So Majid Jordan is a group made up of two individuals, Majid Al-Maskati, who who does the vocals, um, and Jordan Ullman, who handles production. And they formed after meeting at Majid's 21st birthday party in 2011. And at the time, both were students at the University of Toronto. So they met in Toronto. And um, Majid was basically about to graduate and go back home to Bahrain, where he's from. And But he'd always wanted to do music. He was always passionate about it. And he actually had said he was quite sad that he had come to all the way, you know, to the West and never done anything and was going back home and mm. was probably going to end up working in finance or something like that. So he met Jordan, who happened to be a producer, and they talked and they bonded um, based on their mutual love of music, and they decided to get together and put out a quick EP before Majid went home. So they, you know, they hammered out an EP within a week and posted it on SoundCloud anonymously, and it went viral in the Toronto area and ended up reaching um, 40. Now, 40 is a producer. He's Drake's main producer. He's actually the co-founder of OVO, which is Drake's label. And so um, 40 loved it and signed them to OVO. So they're signed to Drake's label OVO. And 
uh, a lot of people's first introduction to Majid Jordan is when they featured on one of Drake's most popular songs, which is um, Just Hold On, We're Going Home. Yeah. Just hold on, we're going home. It's one of So, but they have, I mean, they're wonderful. They're amazing. I love their music so much. And so far, they've released two albums. And Waves of Blue, which was released... Um, just over the summer in 2021 is off um, an upcoming untitled album. Now I listened to because I'm obsessed because Majid is fine, sis. <laughs> Sisters and brothers who care about such things. Majid is zaddy, okay. Mm. So I was I went on a slight obsessive whatever mm. about him and listened to all their interviews. Anyway, so he said the inspiration behind Waves of Blue was that he would go to the beach. He said he, before he moved to this to Canada, um, of course, Bahrain is a Muslim country. I mean, not Bahrain is like the Vegas of um, Mena, mm. Middle Eastern countries. Mm. So it's a bit relaxed, but it's still a Muslim country. And he said he had never dated anyone before. Mm. And he would go to the beach and wonder what it would be like to be mm. in love and to have a girlfriend. <laughs> and this song basically was him talking about that emotion. The just mm. the the idea of love and what it would be like and said it's like a wave that carries you away so cute <laughs> anyway so that's my first song this week waves of blue by majid jordan my next song is called last train home and it's by john mayer um now john mayer is quite well very popular um singer songwriter guitarist actually um, this song is off his album called Sob Rock, which came out in 2021. He's 43 years old and he used to attend Berkeley School of Music, which is a very prestigious yeah. um, institution. But he dropped out and moved to Atlanta, where he used to do the rounds on the club scene, playing in bars and things mm -hmm. like that. And it was after a performance at South by Southwest that he got signed by Columbia Records, and this was in 2001. And the first album he released under Columbia, also in 2001, which is called Room for Squares, um, basically was an instant hit. And I had that album. Mm. I almost cursed. Like, I love <laughs> it. It's so good. It has such great songs on it. Um, and since then, he's collaborated with so many artists, from B.B. King, Frank mm. Ocean. He even was on Chappelle's show, playing guitar mm. there. Uh, also, one of my favorite songs of all time was a, a collaboration between him and Alicia Keys, which I featured oh, nice. on it. It's called Lesson Learned. Love that song. Um, he has eight albums so far, including Sob Rock, um, multiple Grammys, all kinds of awards. Um, per he's also infamous for being a bit of an ass and mm. having a very suspect dating history. Yeah, because I remember there's something of the some scandalous, there's something, yeah. something Multiple I scandalous mm. with various women, Taylor Swift, Tom yeah. Jennifer Aniston, <laughs> Katie Yeah, who, who, and who. And he always does each one of them dirty because he ain't ish. But the music is beautiful. And mm. again, this has a very 80s, pop rock vibe and i really like that song so second song last train home john mayer and my third song is called people i've been sad which if there was one word one sentence to describe my life of late is this um and it's by christine and the queens now christine is eloise adele letissier she's 33 years old she's a french singer songwriter she's from nantes um, so she started playing piano at a very young age. She's a bit of a music prodigy. She, she studied drama and arts at ENS Lyon, which is, again, a very prestigious university institute in France. And after that, she moved to London 
and um, started playing again club bar scene there and she was very inspired by uh, performers at drag clubs so actually the queen's reference in her name is actually a reference to drag queens because she was inspired by their performance arts and so on and so forth um, she released her debut album called Chaleur Humaine in 2014, which was a critical and commercial success. Um, she's appeared on many, many, you know, best of album lists and so on, including Forbes 30 Under 30 in 2017. She has two studio albums and 10 EPs, so she's quite prolific in her music. And this song, People I've Been Sad, is off her 2020 EP called La Vita Nuova and... It's cool. She's very, very weird. And that's what I like about her. Like, she's super odd. And it's delightful, actually. <laughs> so, yeah. Those are my three songs this week. Waves of Blue, Majid Jordan. Last Train Home by John Mayer. And People I've Been Sad. Because I have. I hate the pandemic. Me anyway. <laughs> by Christine and the Queens. All right. Beautiful. See, I've got two songs. Uh, two Both artists are from South Africa. Uh, the first one is an artist called Bonge, and the song is called Ngia Zifela. I hope I didn't massacre hmm. that from the album A Journal. And Bonigwim Panza, that's her full name. She was born in Soweto, and she describes her music as a mix of electronic music and soulful melodies. She started her music career in 2007, and she opened for Sam Smith in 2019. Oh, hello. Yeah. She studied jazz at the University of Cape Town, and Ngiai Zifela means I'm attracted to you, and that's probably the theme of the song. Mm-hmm. I don't know exactly what's going on in the song, but then from the title, you can probably tell that that's, that's what's going on. The song is beautiful. I checked it out. I checked out her album, which is pretty cool too, and so should you. The second artist that I have here is an artist who we love, Shekinah. She's got That's an, my girl. Yeah, she has another album out. And the song is called Fixate. And she does this with a Kenyan artist called BT. Like I said, we love Shekinah here at Two Pesos. We talked about her Rose Gold album. And this al- this song is from the album Trouble in Paradise. It has, it has 12 tracks on there. Really, really good. And... Um, like I said, it features Kenyan artists and she happened to meet this Kenyan artist at Mr. Easy's Empower Workshop. Oh, look so, at Mr. Easy yeah. creating connections. <laughs> you know, Shout so out they, to Mr. Easy. Exactly. Man. So they um, they hooked up and then did a song. And BT, her full name is Betty Atedo. She's a Kenyan rapper. Spent a lot of her childhood in Ethiopia and Eritrea and the U.S., and she has a couple of singles out there as well as an EP called Concept Volume 1. So those are my two artists, Bunch with Ingia Izifela and Shekina with Fixate featuring BT. Awesome. Awesome. <laughs> All right. So moving on to What the F this week. And I'm sorry, guys. I think <laughs> my What the F is not one of the ones we're all going to laugh about because okay. it's, yeah. So we're back in Ghana and there was a video that recently made the rounds um, on Twitter initially before going viral everywhere else of an Anglican father at a girl's school called St. Monica's who had gotten summoned three girls up on stage and basically made them. And I said, I'm using my words intentionally made them kiss him on the lips one by one. 
and it was in an auditorium all the other girls were there and they were hooting and hollering and laughing and somebody filmed it and put it out there probably innocently which Mm. is something i'll touch on in a moment and of course you know you had divided opinions initially now because it went viral first on twitter and twitter tends to be a little more shall we say woke um even though that's become an insult these days over woke and stuff people were like you know this is really wrong and like that's so disturbing and also first of all he made them take off their masks and he took off his mask to do this and one of the girls who like literally had to hold her Mm. face and because she wanted to if she had to do it at least get a peck mm. on the cheek and he insisted on kissing her on the lips. And so people were like, this is, you know, sexual, basically it's sexual assault live in real time on stage. And I'm thinking if this is what he does in public, what does he do in private? Mm-hmm. Um, but of course, when it went further, then you had the apologists coming, but what about the girls? I'm like, what about the girl? Are you blind? Have you watched the video? Can you not see that they did this under duress? At least you can tell yeah, that they're uncomfortable was, like, they in the like situation. They had no choice. Yeah. Um, so now this guy, this, this guy, I'm not giving him any more respect than that. His name is Balthazar Obing Labi. And Balthazar, can you imagine? And he's not only the, um, Reverend Father at the school. He's also a lawyer. Oh, yeah, yeah. For um, the GES in Ashanti region or yes, something? Yes, yes. So he's a, a well-established, respected member of the community. And, um, you know, actually one, this was un- unsubstantiated, or should we say unconfirmed, but one one girl on Twitter actually said that, you know, he's a known perv mm-hmm. and that, that he wears his um, cassock without anything under it and he'll put like candy in his pocket and I mean classic deviant behavior and ask the girls to take the candy out of their pockets out of his pocket I mean can can you imagine can you imagine and they also some other also other people said that he was furious that the video was out and was actively searching for whoever Whoever, had recorded it it, because that person was going to get in in trouble now, since then, thankfully, both the Anglican Church and the Ghana Education Service came out and condemned the video, claimed, and I'm saying that it's also with intent, claimed, because we never, we can never tell for sure. They claim they've suspended him, removed him from the school, yeah. and are offering counseling services to the girls in question. Watching be transferred to somewhere else. That's just, the just, other thing, because yeah, uh, we know how the church do. They just shuffle the person mm-hmm. about. He'll end up in a different school. I hope mm-hmm. he doesn't. But once the news dies down, he's you. Or he'll surprised. be right yeah, back at Saint Monica's, exactly. and it will do it's, us like Sydney. As it's they say. One time. It's so he also came on, came out to release a statement saying that you know initially people are saying that we've misunderstood what we've mm-hmm. seen. I'm like I don't see how. So apparently the girls helped organize some sort of function at the school, and he said he was trying to say thank you oh, to them. Sure. I mean. Do you have any sense, really? And this is how he decided to thank them for helping him out. What I really hated was the way the media portrayed it. Kept saying it was a holy kiss. I like really it was didn't like joke. that. I really it, didn't like you that. Know. It's horrible. And the other thing that really disturbed me is that the girls who were in the auditorium, most of them were were laughing. Yeah. Now I know that you can react to things with nervous laughter because you don't know what else to do. But to me, it demonstrated that there's so there's a lack of education yeah. in terms of agency what is appropriate, what isn't. Obviously, any teacher, anybody 
um, whoever it is should not be allowed or you should not feel compelled to do anything against your own mm. desire to do so especially no teacher should be running around kissing students yeah, on the lips like i don't this should not even be a conversation to be had and somebody has the audacity to say what about the girls why don't we question the girls behavior are you insane like and it just reminded i mean this is just basically a microcosmic slice of the larger problems Problem. we yeah, have yeah, yeah. with sexual impropriety uh which is a lot of the time rooted in balance of power mm -hmm. this man is a position of authority exactly. if you've been to a certain type of boarding school um you go there knowing that you if you come in as a junior or whatever um a freshie you have no authority you have no Lucy, agency yeah. you have no ability to say no i don't want to do it whatever and that's with seniors even like somebody that is year ahead of you two years ahead of you is basically a god mm. whatever they declare you just do much less a member of staff so i don't think it even occurred to these girls i could they should they could just outright be like i'm not, no, I'm not doing, doing this it, yeah. thing but they did what they could which is demonstrate their discomfort and he could he they saw clearly that they didn't want to do it but he went ahead anyway now imagine you go you're an employee you have a boss who <clears throat> you're dependent on him you know that's where your money comes from that's where you you know if you if you don't have this job you can't eat he asks you to do something you don't want to do it but you feel obliged first of all you don't feel like you can say no and secondly you know i remember when i was in high school even when i was in first year there were a number of times where a senior would a guy would call me hey, come here, we're going to go for a walk or whatever. I call me out of prep. And I'm just like, I am <clears throat> studying. I don't want to go. And they're like, are you saying no mm -hmm. to a senior? Mm -hmm. So people know and they take advantage <clears throat> of the societal power they're granted. So I was under duress, forced to walk around the school in the evening on a walk with a senior that I did not want to be around, did not like. And then I'd get back to the dorm and then the girls there would punish me because they're like, oh, <clears throat> instead of studying, you're roaming around campus with a boy or something like that. And it's like you have no desire to do that. But they manipulate you and use the fact that you are literally, you know, younger, younger junior. they're junior, you don't have it, uh, as much say or whatever and try and take advantage of you. It really needs to stop. You need to, you know, both girls and boys, I'm just using this example because mm -hmm. it happens, I think we can admit it happens more frequently sure. to women. Let's, mm -hmm. let's be honest. And, and protect our girls. Like we, the girls are suffering. They oh, are in much. danger everywhere from their peers, from their elders. I mean, it's, it's too much. We need to educate the girls on what is appropriate and what isn't. And this definitely was an example of something that isn't. I hope this man is anywhere he pops up. I hope he's outed immediately and forced to run away from the place. Um, Unfortunately, but, I don't feel like that's what's going to happen. I, 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 know. I really just I, hopes I, are I, not I hope high, I, but, Yeah, but I, I really, it's never, never changes. It's just going to let the news die down and then you're going to hear, oh, he's somewhere else or he's, he's probably still a lawyer for the GPS. Oh, of course. And we all know, you know, especially with the Catholic Church, that that's, you know, something that they've gotten in trouble for a lot. It's like an MO for them. Mm. You come, you know, some priest uh, sexually abuses a child and, and then they just send them to a different mm. parish mm. as if there are no children in that parish. Like, it's why wrong. can't you sack them? It's wrong. You know, and they've had to, I think the Philadelphia um, diocese had to pay 
a settlement in the millions to, I, I think it was then. But we all know it's rampant everywhere and it really is time. I'm tired. Stop, yeah. I'm tired of seeing and reading and hearing about this. So, And talk to your kids. If you have kids, talk to them. Talk to them truly, truly and tell them. Nobody, not even you as a parent, mm-hmm. is allowed to touch them if yeah, they don't yeah, want yeah, it yeah. or if they're uncomfortable. And they should tell someone as well. All right, so that's my what the <laughs> So my what the F is a bit on a lighter note. Thank we, goodness. We need, <laughs> we need some balance. Yes. Yeah, slightly <laughs> corona related, but not really. So a woman has been in Canada, I believe it was, has been fined for breaking a 8 p.m. curfew. Now the curfew was in place to reduce the spread of the virus, as many places are doing. And this woman, the, the police happened to stop the woman because she was walking her dog. Now, of course, the dog was not a dog, but was her husband. Um, what? <laughs> who she was walking on a leash. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and when she, when she was questioned, she told the police, no, she was walking her dog. Okay. So the fine didn't seem to phase her in any way. She told the policeman that she will be back. Walk back in the streets, walking her dog. <laughs> Listen, it's a bit of a, it's, it's a bit of fun, funny story, but the pandemic has had uh, hmm. mental effects on people she probably needed to step out any way possible probably didn't have a dog so her husband is like, you know what honey get on this let's leash. do it i know get they say the- men are dogs but damn <laughs> get on this leash and let me let me walk you now for people whose um life is whose life pre-pandemic has been outside of their house it must be really really tough yeah, knowing that you can can't imagine. really go anywhere but really, that's not, ex- not an excuse to put your, your husband on a leash. Keep the leashes to the bedroom. Don't bring also, listen, last <laughs> episode, I said no kink shaming. So, you know, <laughs> if that's their thing, you know, then, that, you that's, know. A lot. that's a lot. So that's a really, really short one. Woman walking a man on a leash to, you know, to, to, to bypass the, the curfew. <laughs> okay. All right. So we're down with the two pesos time. Yeah. Okay. So my two pesos segment this week is called Kill Your Darlings. And it's nowhere near as violent as it sounds actually. <laughs> um, so Kill Your Darlings is an expression common in literary and creative writing circles. And it's been attributed to quite a few authors over the years. Nobody knows who said it first. A couple of people have been mentioned, so I won't even bother. Mm-hmm. Um, one, including Ernest Hemingway, but it probably wasn't him. Um, and what it means is to eliminate plot lines, characters, phrases, and so on from your creative work um, if they do not serve the overall plot of the story. Oh. Now, this can often be extremely difficult to do because sometimes, I mean, a lot of people that write creatively will say they have a favorite character. Mm. Maybe that's the person that they see themselves the most in or whose journey they're really attached to or something. Or they have a favorite line that they wrote. They're like, okay, this is banging. This is the, you know. Or like a subplot in a story that you just really, you know, they've worked hard on it. They're really, you know, um, they really want to see it. But if you find that in the overall story you've created, that thing simply doesn't fit then you have to make the hard decision to mm. kill your darling. Oh. Now, I think that this is such a wonderful piece of advice and a concept that can be um, applied to life in general. And so that's what I want to talk about today. And why it even occurred to me in the first place is that 
Um, I read something about Philip Morris calling for a ban on cigarettes in the UK by 2030. Now, if you don't know who Philip Morris are, they are probably, I think, the world's largest producer of cigarettes. Mm -hmm. They have 130 brands under their name, including Marlboro, Parliament, Virginia Slim, which you've seen everywhere. I think the only other competitor they have is British Tobacco. They do mm. Rothmans. Mm. But I think, you know, because, for example, in 2018, uh, Philip Morris had a revenue of $79 billion. So this is no fly-by-night company. And yet, they are the ones that made the statement that they are calling for a ban on cigarettes. Why? Why? What, what's the, there okay. must be something behind it. This so, companies just don't do things. Exactly. <laughs> so what it is, is that Philip Morris have decided to kill their darlings. And they're doing this because I think they see the writing on the wall. In that cigarette smoking, if you look in the last 60, 70 years, is 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 going out of style. Mm. Like, you know, it used to be that you could people used to smoke on air, you know, mm. like TV presenters, you'd advertise cigarettes, they'd tell you, oh, the best taste, and you know. Mm. Um, but over time, you know, that's become socially inappropriate. Then they started banning smoking. You can't smoke on an airline. You can't smoke in a public place. You know, you have designated smoking areas. Some places are no smoking anywhere in the building kind of thing. So mm -hmm. I think they can tell that as people become more and more health conscious and so on and so forth, there'll be even fewer opportunities to push these things on people. And, you know, the, the, after a couple of lawsuits and all that, they're just like, you know what? Let's get rid of this. So they are now transitioning to being a wellness and healthcare brand. I mean, the bastards, right? Listen, corporations, yeah, they're, they're so shameless. Mm. So after giving people lung cancer yeah. for <laughs> the last 80 Ugh. years, they're like, you know what? We're doing healthcare and wellness now. So they're pushing, um, transitioning to both healthcare and wellness products and also alternate um, I guess smokeless mm. uh, smoke, mm. yeah. So like vapes and e-cigs and stuff mm. like that. So what about you and I? Well, I have found that you know a lot of people have darlings, right? Mm. Um, I'm going to use a, like an analogy, um, which is taken from a few places actually. But imagine from your child, you decided that you when you grow up, you want to be a doctor, right? Mm -hmm. This is a very common, you know. <laughs> And maybe your dad is a doctor, like mine is, for example. And, you know, everybody tells you that being a doctor is the greatest achievement. Yeah. You yeah. want to make your dad proud, so on and so forth. You want forth. to take over the clinic. Thank you. <laughs> so you start on this journey. You get to, you know, primary. You're trying to do science. You get to high school. Here in high school, you have to pick your um, selective, elective subjects. So you go and you go and choose biology, chemistry, whatever. Problem being, you're terrible in biology, you hate chemistry, but being a doctor is your darling, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So you're forcing your way through, you're getting miserable, but you're like, hey, I've, everybody, people call me little doctor, <laughs> hey, we can't wait for you to finish, oh, your dad is getting tired, <laughs> oh, come and take over. You're like, no problem. You go to university, you're still forcing to do science. Of course, it's getting more and more yeah, difficult, difficult because yeah. it's not instinctively what you're naturally good at and then maybe you fight your way into med school by the hair of your teeth 
and then finally have a whole breakdown and drop out. Now, this actually happened to Komla Dumont mm. of Blessed Memory. He ended up, um, I think it was med school. It wasn't law school. It was med school. He ended up dropping out because, and he had known all along, it's not there meant was, for, him. Not for him. It is not meant for him. But it took him being killed. He didn't voluntarily kill his darling. His darling killed him in the mm. end. And he had to drop out mm. because he just couldn't deal. And he said, he, you know, he was devastated. Everyone mm. was devastated. Like, oh my God, it's a failure or whatever it is. But if you look at what he was able to achieve in his true calling, which was his passion for communication, mm. journalism, journalism, you know, he was an excellent was public fantastic. speaker. Fantastic. So great. May he rest well. He was amazing. And it got him from Accra to the BBC mm. World Service, you know. So the earlier you kill your darlings in some places, the quicker that you'll be able to discover and hone and nurture mm. the things You're that you are mm. truly good at. Um, you know, and it's because it's not everyone whose darlings align with their own natural talents and yeah, abilities, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. So I think just like they say, and, and like they said in the thing, that it could be that your darling is something you've worked really hard on for many, many years. But that does not mean that, you know, you should just look at it as sunk costs. Mm. I've done, I've, I've, I've done it. Uh, so I might, so as, I might well. as well mm. continue. You are harming yourself and you're blocking other avenues that for all, you know, were the ones that were going to take you to the greatest heights of success. Absolutely. So, um, I guess my two passwords today is identify your darlings mm. and, have a really deep conversation with yourself about them and maybe find some that you have to kill and go and kill your darlings. Yes, I love this one. Amazing. I've never heard of, heard of kill your darling before. This is absolutely spot on. All right. <laughs> okay, so my two persons is not as exciting, but we're still going to go through it anyway. <laughs> and it is on giving. So to give or not to give. So I had a conversation recently around giving and after that, I also there was also something on Twitter at some point about someone wanting account or details of what the money they had donated or not donated had what had been done with mm-hmm. that money. So I talk. So I I thought I'll talk about giving in general. So for me, this will always be my take on giving. If you ask me for something, whether it be money or your time or whatever, and I'm in the position to do that without overly inconveniencing myself. I will do it. Now, what you decide to do with that um, money or whatever is is really your problem. If you've come to me um, and said, I need money for bread, and then you decide to go and use that money for, I don't know, cigarettes, that's on you. I've done my bit because I thought you needed bread and I gave you the money to do that. There's some people who say, ah, but... I'm not going to give you money because I know you are going to do so and so with it. Mm. But I'm saying that if you genuinely want to give somebody money for something, you should do so. And then whatever the person decide, what the person decides to do with that money should be your back case. Because you are doing it out of the goodness of your heart. And um, if, if you're giving, aren't you giving because you genuinely feel the need to? Mm. Or is it because you're expecting some sort of reward? I think a lot of the times we're giving because we think, because we want like a thank you mm. or because we want our, 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 our names 
splashed all over and this person gave me something. But then if you do that, are you then genuinely giving? Mm-hmm. That's always my problem. If you're looking for some sort of a big thank you or right. for a big reward, are you really doing this because you want to or because you want to be seen? And I, knew, I do know that sometimes acknowledgement uh, it gives you a sort of a nice feeling. Uh, this person did this thing for me, so I became to say thank you. So it's really great. But uh, when, I mean, when is a simple thank you not enough? When mm-hmm. does it come to a point where you feel the need to be so, you need like, you need the whole world to know? And this happened recently. There was a boy on Twitter, Oswald. He wrote a letter. It was an our day thing. I'm sure you saw. Oh, yes. <laughs> he wrote a letter to his mom saying he wanted this and this. And then all these big brands came in. They wanted to give him. It was a whole big thing. They went to the school. And for me, it was a bit of a, a two-way thing. Like, they could have given the things to him without putting the camera in right. his face and all that. Right, they used it as exactly, like, a, like PR. as a PR. Exactly. So, the, which begs the question, are you giving because you wanted to or are you giving because you knew you would be on mm-hmm. screen and more people would see you? Right? Also, if you're, if you're religious and you're Christian, Muslim... And you're you're giving your tithes or you're giving to the poor because you know you have to and you're not doing it and you're not doing it because the next person asks you. You really should be considering whether you are a religious person. You should be giving because you want to, not because your pastor says, oh, you're going to go to heaven. It means you're doing it for a certain purpose. You're not doing it because you feel like, oh, this person might actually need help. And, then, and giving doesn't have to be monetary. You can give somebody your time. You can give them your listening ear. And sometimes showing up is just enough. The reason why I'm, um, this is my toothbrush is because things have been tough. Again, I keep going back to Corona. Hopefully this is the last time. But things have been tough. The last past year and a half have been tough. You can only imagine somebody who's living on their own. has Let's say they have no friends. They mm-hmm. really don't have any neighbors that they're cool with. And they're stuck inside. And they have nobody, absolutely. It, it will drain, it, yeah. will, it, will, it, will, it will make you go crazy. In a case like that, if you know somebody, you can just say, oh, hi, are you doing okay? I just wanted to check up on you. Mm-hmm. And that can go such a long way, mm-hmm. you know. So in a world that's really going down the drain, if you can do your little bit to give, I think that's, that's a beautiful thing. And that's my two passwords. Yeah, can I can I ha- can I rebut of something? Course, of course. I think I, whilst I before you do, there's one more thing I have ah. to say. A word of caution: there are leeches out there. There are people who will hmm. prey on you being kind and mm. you being giving and will take advantage of you. So that is also something to take note of. Yeah. So so what I was going to say because you you know you, you the first thing you you mentioned was about how mm. um, you know giving if somebody comes and asks you for one thing mm. and they go use it for another. Mm. Now, I would say there's a caveat on that because mm. I know that, you know, because a lot of the times you see GoFundMe's, right? Yeah. Mm. And they say it's for medical bills or whatever it is or something, a funeral, something like yeah. that. Yeah. And then you find out that the person took the money and went to Hawaii. <laughs> now, in that case, mm. you best believe, I'm like, okay, run me back my money. Like, but they're not going to give it to you. Well, it's happened so much that GoFundMe now, I think mm. they hold it in escrow okay, and you can suspend... Um, you know, a campaign if they find out that the the intent of the campaign mm. has not been mm. is not honest and genuine mm. because that's basically scamming it's as scamming. well. It's taking people advantage of right. people's kindness. So I think like in it. some instances, you know, not mm. maybe not people you actually know where you're policing. You know, like you loan somebody, give somebody money, and then you see them at the grocery store and mm. because they're buying strawberries and <laughs> ball because. You, <laughs> 
No, but you know, if it's something like you know a charity that claim they're going to be building mm-hmm. a school in some village, something or whatever it is, and then they go and buy Ferraris, mm-hmm. I think in such an instance you have yeah, you the- will get annoyed. But then in, in some cases, some of these charities or organizations they are so big. There's nothing you can do. There so, is nothing. So maybe at that point you have to be selective with who you're giving. You might say, okay, no more charities. I'd rather give to somebody I know mm-hmm. or somebody that I personally can vouch for that they're going to do this. Right. It's, it's it's not even it's not easy. You're right. It's not easy because people are scammers. Mm-hmm. People are liars and scammers and will do anything to take advantage of you. Right. But, but you did. I mean, you hit on an excellent point that mm-hmm. especially these days where social media is dominating everybody's. Mm-hmm waking thoughts and literally transforming people's behavior that giving itself has become performative. Like, okay, you know, it used to be, yes, okay, this person, they've gone to donate to an orphanage and then it's a news story. Sure. But now on an individual level, somebody is giving money to a homeless person then they're feeling, Hey, I just bought this guy some shoes and some food. Here he is. And I mean, it's it's almost degrading yeah, to the person. Yeah, sometimes you have to think about the dignity of the person. Exactly. The person might not exactly. want that. And mm-hmm. a lot of that, because there is a whole... I can't remember what it's called. There's actually a technical term for it. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, there's a whole argument that giving in itself is a form of self-gratification mm-hmm. because you're doing it to make yourself feel, feel better, better. Mm-hmm. not that person. So it is an act of selfishness mm-hmm. and not selflessness. Mm-hmm. And I think what Eddie is trying to say is that it should always be an act of selflessness. Yeah, just because, yeah. And I think we can tell these days who are being genuine and who are just doing Mm. it for brownie points Mm. from the internet. People saying, oh my God, you're such an amazing person. (laughs) And you're like, I know, right? And it's like... I I feel like if the moment you give something, you have to go around telling everybody mm -hmm. that you gave, now your intentions are not pure. So that's why I like people that, you know, they're anonymous. And it's half the time you wonder if they truly are... you'll hear that they donated anonymously and then years later it'll come mm. out that you know such and such did it but as that's long, okay yeah even they're that, not the fine. ones and yeah. hey i just gave this money to these people mm. that's cool that's you know fine. everything that's doesn't fine. have to be a show especially helping somebody yeah. in need, so. It's, 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 so that's my little which is wonderful a wonderful yeah. message <laughs> and very timely as yeah. well yeah. so that's it guys so again like say every week now if you haven't subscribed Please somewhere if, mm-hmm. whether youtube whatever please do if you've never liked and reviewed the podcast if, the and you're, you're somewhere <laughs> where you're able to do that please do um hit us up we look you guys never talk to us yeah somehow. like what's what's the problem like, are we that scary talk to us Come on. We, we like to talk send to us you. a message we'd love to hear from you where you're listening from and everything because somebody's listening somewhere crazy well mm-hmm. not crazy but unexpected so hit us up and we'll see you next, next week bye, bye. If you enjoyed the episode and you're listening to us on any of our platforms, please give us a thumbs up. Remember to subscribe and we'd also love for you to share this episode with your friends. Let's continue the conversation. We'd like to hear your feedback. Information on how to reach us on our website can be found in the description.